the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. And don't forget, it's an abbreviated show today, so it ends at 11.30, unfortunately, for all of you. Um, we are thrilled to have, as I said at the beginning of the show, Karen Nepasina, who is a principal designer and the founder of the design firm Destination Eichler and the author of Mid-Century Modern Style, An Approachable Guide to Inspired Rooms. And we're going to talk about mid-century modern design, and then I will post everything, you know, the, the, the websites and all the books so that you can get them, and I'll have them on our site, and it will be on the radio site also. But Karen, thank you so much for being on the show. We're thrilled to have you. How did you thank start? Thank you for having me. Yes, we will. We're thrilled. Now, everyone likes different designs. How did you become such an expert on mid-century modern design? I I really didn't know much about mid-century modern style or design, but I fell in love. My husband and I fell in love with a house here in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's called an Eichler home, and they were built by Joseph Eichler, who's actually a New Yorker, who was a New Yorker, and he built a number of developments of houses uh, during the 50s and 60s, so they're, they're known as Eichlers. We purchased an Eichler home, and it was kind of in rough shape. It didn't really look mid-century modern, but a lot of the other houses around us had a very cool style, and we worked for a few years to recreate that original look because a lot of the mid-century features of our own home had been removed, so I had to do a lot of research myself to figure out how to make make my home that had been undone uh, make it really look mid-century modern again. So, now I have an entire design firm here in the Bay Area, and I have the special love of helping other homeowners bring mid-century modern design into their houses or apartments or wherever it is they live. Well, Karen, for those who don't know, what are the hallmarks of this style of home? Yes, they are clean lines. Um, simple, you know, not a lot of adornment in, in kitchens, for example. The kitchen cabinets are usually just flat surfaces. There's no shaker trim and extra molding. It's, it's all about simplicity and, um, you know, just not a lot of extra things, just simple, simple things. <laughs> okay, so if you have an apartment, does your home or apartment need to be constructed in the mid-20th century to look mid, mid-century mid modern, 
or can you use clever interior designs to make an older or a newer home appear to be from that period? Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what the, the architectural style or the build of your apartment or home is. Um, my book outlines lots of different ways to bring in the style um, and a lot of budget-friendly ways as well. So what I did in my book was break down some of the key features of what makes something from the era of mid-century modern. For example, there was a lot of, in graphic design and textiles, there was a lot of um, shapes, uh, triangles and circles, and then there were certain color palettes. So if you can take from little bits and pieces of those elements, and you can easily bring them into your space, whether it's just pillows or textiles. And now mid-century modern furniture is being recreated. You know, you can buy them at, at big retail stores now, even, even um, you know, West Elm, Target, a lot of different stores meant for general masses carry mid-century modern furniture in style. So you can bring in little pieces here and there, and you certainly don't have to live in a house that was built in the exact era. Um, you can bring those little elements right into your space. Now, it sounds like I think when you're decorating modern, it's fairly easy. It's a little complicated, I think, to do mid-century if you don't have a book like yours to tell you. Um, <laughs> what kind of materials? Um, and what are some of the colors? What kind of materials that most most often were used in the mid-century of modern design? And what are some of the colors that are most often incorporated into design based on the mid-century? A lot of wood, uh, walnut, teak, um, metals such as steel, polished chrome, brass. Really, it was the materials that were prevalent at that time. Um, with stone, there was terrazzo, marble on tabletops. Uh, the furniture designers of the time were, were incorporating these natural materials into the furniture pieces and the homes that they were decorating. So those are some of the materials you'll see uh, in terms of fabrics, uh, nubby fabrics like boucle and wool. Some of the great textile designers of the time had come from the fashion world, so Things, materials you saw in women's suits were being transformed into more graphic patterns for, for things like pillows. Um, and then, uh, what was your other question other than the actual like material? Oh, color palette. Oh, color palette is so much fun. Uh, a lot of pa pastel palettes are, are great. Uh, baby blues, pale, pale pink. Of course, you know, when one sees a real estate photo of an original mid-century house, it's very common to see pink toilets, pink sinks, baby blue bathtub. Uh, those were popular colors of the, of the era and kind of timeless, you know, today. And then there's kind of the more poppy colors, oranges, uh, coral, turquoise, uh, lime chartreuse greens. Uh, those, those are really great ways to bring the color palette into your place, even if you, say, pick one, one of those colors that is your favorite and paint a wall or paint kitchen cabinets or something like that. So now if you, if you move into a home and you're not, you don't, is it, is it possible, do you have to decorate the whole home that way or can you get away with maybe doing some of it and mixing it with something else, or is it pretty much if you do a, 
a mid-century home that you want to keep the theme throughout the home? Oh, absolutely not. You can bring, bring in just little pieces here and there. For example, uh, a, a great lounge chair. A There's some nice, comfy, they're called Z chairs. They have a little bit of a Z pattern in the wood, and then there's some upholstery uh, cushions you would sit on. I think it's great to mix and match all different styles. And for for me, I think that when in people's homes, you should love what's in the home, and you're going to have different memories of the different pieces that are in your house. So by no means do you have to have every little piece and every piece of artwork and everything all mid-century modern. It's great to just mix in, you know, whatever pieces that, you feel, you know, make you feel happy and are also very comfortable. Uh, another tip I give folks is that ceramics are, are another great way to, you know, some great um, serveware. There's some great vintage pottery that you can find out there that is, again, in those poppy colors, oranges, turquoise, yellow. You could just have a, a nice ceramic vase or uh, pitcher, something like that. So, I think it's wonderful to to mix and match styles because it also is how people are, right? We're all from different different parts of our lives all, all put together. So why not do that create that kind of feeling in your own home? And I think when you go into a showroom to buy furniture, the furniture kind of all how can I put it? It might be beautiful but it's very vanilla. Like it all kind of Yes. You know, and I think it's a lot more interesting when you do a home and you throw in some pieces that kind of make it different and make it look a little bit different and have, you know, some vocal focal points. Uh, but I, but it, I feel that this is a hard, I think that this is hard to decorate on your own. If you don't, if you're not good with decorating, I would think that it's a, it's a little bit more difficult than if you were just to do something straight modern or something straight colonial. So mm-hmm. the book, let's assume someone just bought a home and they're thinking, but they don't know really how to begin and they don't know, mm-hmm. you know, it's the wrong pieces together. That could look like a mess mm-hmm. also. What mm-hmm. are some of the suggestions that you you tell people in your book of where, how do you begin this uh Yes, yes. Well, we actually break down this journey chapter by chapter by room. So, you know, it could be really overwhelming to feel like, oh, I want to redecorate my house. I just don't know where to start. So what we do is there's even just one chapter just about bedrooms. So perhaps maybe you start with your bedroom and then we lay out all the different layers that go into a bedroom space. So, for example, maybe it's just a piece of art over your bed or wallpaper, or, again, start with pillows. So even when anyone is looking to embark on doing all new, you know, different decorating in their house, my suggestion is just to not freak out, not try to plan A to Z all in one trip. Just, you know, start with one space that you decide is the space that you want to give some new life, and then even start, again, with something simple like pillows or bedding, and then, Maybe eventually that'll make you want to get a new bed and then maybe new nightstands. And it's just, it, it's kind of a cyclical process designing. There's, it's, it's never on, you know, like on TV where they just, they redo everything in a weekend and everything's perfect and everyone's happy. It, it's, it's, a, it's a cycle to figure out little pieces here and there and how to start incorporating them into your, your space and your lifestyle. Yeah. 
So, in other words, if you if you want to start and you're not exactly sure if you want your whole house to look home to look like that, you can mm-hmm. start. You don't have to have. In other words, you can incorporate pieces to give it that look or to give it some feel of mid-century, but it doesn't have to be that the whole house is mid-century. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or you can go to a home, which I think I was just at last night. I was at a home and uh, at a party, and the home was mid-century, and that whole home was mid-century. So if you, you know, that's another option if you go out and buy a specific mid-century home. Um, how would you get, you know, so your apartment needs to be constru- doesn't need to be constructed that way, okay? You can kind of put pieces and things in to give it that touch or feel. Right. So in what, is there any parts of the country that you think mid-century is uh more popular in, or is it a little bit of everything, you know, or throughout the country, it's just a matter of taste? I think I think it is all throughout the country. I think more recently, mid-century modern furniture, again, as I mentioned earlier, is starting to be sold everywhere, just like, um, you know, a roll sidearm rollover sofa has been sold everywhere. You, you are seeing more mid-century modern being accessible and available to everywhere um so i don't necessarily think it's you know just one one part of the country or the other although on the west coast um there's pockets of mid-century modern you know whole housing developments in in a lot of pockets all all throughout the country i think the style in general has gained a lot of popularity but i also think that's not really because it's a trend but because there are elements of how that furniture was designed to be simple and timeless. And I think a lot of people are really drawn to that where it it doesn't really matter what era it was um, originally produced in. It just feels and looks nice. And so no matter what year we live in, there are a lot of people that are going to be attracted to those lines and and, um, that minimalist feeling. And I think that you said something that's very important. When you're decorating a home, um, especially like if you're doing bathrooms and colors, you don't want to make it so that it's so trendy that five years later the look looks outdated. And with mid-century, exactly. time, mid-century is pretty much timeless, I would think. I mean, I think it's pretty much a timeless way of decorating. I mean, it, there's no, it doesn't, well, if you do it properly, it's not going to look dated. It doesn't, you know, it's not a fad. It's. It's a style. Right, um, exactly. But I don't know how many people are really versed on mid-century and what that all looks like. And if they go to your book, uh, would they be able to see, get a feel for what mid-century modern is all about? Yes. We even, I, I outlined in the even early chapters key names and designers and architects of the time. And again, this, this came from my own education and learning. If you had asked me a few years ago, you know, who, who was one of the architects and who designed furniture? I really didn't know. Um, so what I do is I, I provide these names and, and manufacturers and different uh, designers of the time so that 
if someone really wants to learn a little bit more and they, they discover, oh, wow, I had no idea that that, you know, that chair that I've seen all on TV shows was, was designed by Charles and Ray Eames. That's so cool. I, maybe I'm going to go see what other furniture they had designed and, and I'll collect one piece to add to my, my, my house. Or even if you decide to buy some other coffee table and design books, uh, those are great decor as well. It's just, uh, there's so, so many great designs and architects of the time. Um, but we, I, I break that all down in the book for people so that, you know, you don't have to do all the research and reading that I did. Uh, I'll give you a, a little list of, of um, who, who was famous during the time for design and also where to shop today. I give a, a resource list at the end of my book of um, both vintage resellers around the country and how to, how to go to estate sales, how to find things on Facebook marketplace, uh, and then how to, you know, create a couple projects on your own. And by the way, you can go to Karen's website, which is www. And I will post this if you're driving. Please don't try to write it. www.destination. Eichler, e i c h l e r. dot com. www.destinationeichler. dot com. Now, I'm a, do you think somebody who has Never decorated because I think it's a, an art to decorate that way. And if you are buying a home and you can't do the whole thing at once, um, do you need to work with somebody? Do you need to work with a decorator who specifically does that, or can you pick up enough from your book to try to pretty much be able to get a handle on it yourself? I think it, it depends on how hands-on uh, you know any person is. I know lots of friends um, that and family that are. Super. They 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 learn something and they just know how to apply it themselves. Some some people are really talented at doing that. On the on the flip side, I have clients who know what they want. They know how they want it to look, but they they don't have the time and they don't really want to go through all the the physical effort of going out and buying things. So they work really well with a designer because our job is to make our homeowners uh, and clients happy and we do all the work of finding the perfect thing to make it fit in the space and look good and meet your functions. So, you know, I think there's room for everybody. Uh, some folks like to, to do all the research and figure them things out themselves while others don't mind a little help to kind of get them going on their way. Cause it, it designing anything can always be overwhelming without a little support. But it's, you know, it's like a model house. If you've ever gone into a model home, if you took all the all the furniture and the way they decorate it out, it doesn't look like the same. So many people say, oh, just give me everything that you have in the model, and I'll just copy it exactly. And some people are a little bit more creative and want to put touches in. But I don't know that it's a very easy thing to do, especially if you're dealing with a resale where you have to incorporate it. So mm -hmm. I think... But again, depending on your expertise, but let's, you're in San Francisco. So if somebody needed to do a home, maybe on the East Coast or Midwest, wherever, mm -hmm. would you be able to recommend people that could help them in that area, in the areas that they are, if they weren't able to just do it by the reading the book? Yes, and I've Please. actually, I help, um, our firm helps clients all around the country. We do a lot of remote work. Um, one of the books, actually, uh, one of the projects actually in my book is in Warren, Vermont, and I, I designed that all remotely, and I didn't get to see it until I flew out to shoot it for our book. 
Um, but there, there are designers all around the country that also have an expertise in mid-century modern design. I think if you, if you Google, um, look on the Internet for, um, if you're specifically looking for a mid-century modern designer, you know, they, they are there in all different pockets of the U.S., especially since there's some mid-century modern architecture, architecture all over the country. Um, and then, yes, a, a lot of other designers like myself, we, we do provide remote designs, so it kind of doesn't matter where you live. We can help people create what they're looking for. Florida, it doesn't matter if they can get in touch with you and you can help them anywhere in the country. Yes. Um, yes. We don't have time. I, I want to make sure that, I, and again, I'm going to post the book, Approachable Guide to Inspired, you know, uh, the author of Mid-Century Modern Style and Approachable Guide to Inspired Rooms. And um, is there anything that comes to your mind that was a favorite project that you tackled? Oh, let's see. I, I think that Warren Vermont project was one of my absolute favorites. It's it's called an acorn deck house, which there's a lot of those for all of you listening out there. Maybe some of you even lived or own one on the East Coast, um, but they're all along kind of the, the coast there. They're all built in the same construction. So that project was really special. I, I helped the homeowners over the pandemic all remotely because everything was kind of crazy at the time. Um, but we achieved what they were looking to do, which was restore their mid-century modern house update it though for their young family so it's that mix of how do you update a house but also how do you make it livable so it's it's how you want to live and you want to be able to enjoy it with your family right you don't want to uh, you don't want a, a property a house that's like a museum and nobody can sit down or that's do anything exactly it that yeah i remember back i was a kid and i remember being a little kid but i went to some houses I wasn't in real estate. I was young, and they had these plastic slip covers over all their couches, and they and they kind yes. of broke them all, so nobody could really go in those rooms. And I thought, what a waste to have like a roped off room that nobody could really use. But you know, yes. mid-century um, modern has been around a long time. So, what do you attribute to the enduring popularity of this style? I think well one of one of the things that is really special about some mid-century modern houses is the in my own home I have lots of large glass ceiling uh, glass windows that I can see right out to my backyard. Um, you know, there's something special. There's something special about that. Just who doesn't want to look out at you know the sky all the time in a, in a much bigger window than than just like a tiny one. Um, I, I don't know. I think, again, for me, it's the simplicity. I feel like life is really, heck, can be very hectic and complicated. So when I personally come home, I want to feel a little more relaxed. And when I'm in one of these homes uh, that has just these simple, clean lines, you know, you, you can just use the spaces and there's just not like a lot of extra to, to stress you out vis- visually. You know, I'm a lot like you. I think all of us, whether you have an apartment, whether you have a mansion, a one-bedroom, our homes are our haven. It's our safety. It's our safety net. And so when I go home, I want it to be me, and I want it to be what's comfortable for me. Um, exactly. So different. So where can I get that book? Can I get it, I mean, on Amazon, on your website? Yeah. How do I get yeah. it? It's, it's, uh, you can go to our website um, and 
you'll find it links to purchase it through there, but it's Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I believe it's at the Rizzoli down in um, New York City. So a lot, you could go to your local bookstore as well. If they don't carry it, they can uh, they can order a copy for you. Karen, great. I hope you come on again. Thank you so much. I learned a lot also. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.